tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Broadcasting live from Hutchinson, Kansas. Well, I'm sitting here with a linguist. I had no idea. <laughs> I, love I didn't that. know you were, but I didn't know that you were a wordsmith. <laughs> Call Jiggy right now. 267-22-Jiggy. Hey, Jiggy, what's happening, man? You must be that uh, David Bowie song. Jiggy, play guitar. Jeff. It's a great name, and thanks so much for having me on the show. Presenting. I'm, I'm Mike Massey, and uh, you know you can catch me on Jiggy Jag TV and uh, see a few of my tricks up there. Thank you very much. Jiggy Jaguar. I never knew what freedom was until I saw you lose yours. Welcome to our fabulous, fabulous edition here of the world-famous Cheeky Jaguar Radio Broadcast. Coast-to-coast and border-to-border on TuneIn, iTunes, Radio Loyalty, Red Nation Rising Radio. Build, grow, and enjoy today. Fantastic, fantastic guest with us today, Denise L. Gary Pendle is going to be with us. She is the host of the Denise Gary Pendle Show. And also a Middle East Initiative individual. We're also going to be talking to IQ Al Rizzoli as well, the returning IQ Al Rizzoli. Possibly Donald Bazella, and of course, the great Dan Perkins. So let's join them on Skype, and uh, we're going to bring them back in. Our most important strategic ally, Israel. There we are. Excuse me for it. Not, not, not a problem. We, we, we've got Dan Perkins, we've got Denise, okay. and I think we've got IQ Rizzoli. Tell us about Denise. Denise, let, let's let, let's talk about your background. Tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, and and what you're involved in, and then we'll let, let our panel ask you some questions because uh, today will be a very very interesting day, and I and I'm glad IQ can join us for today as well. So Denise, uh, go ahead and give us Thank a little you, bit on your sir. background. Sure. Thank you for having me on today. Appreciate it. And hello to all of you. Um, My background, I was a Middle East specialist, uh, went to graduate school, specialized at the School of International Relations uh, in Middle Eastern Affairs at the School of International Relations at USC. And I worked um, for a company called Analytical Assessments Corporation. It's since been bought out by a multinational. But we worked uh, in Washington, D.C. and Los Angeles. I had top secret clearances. And what we did as a think tank is, you know, government agencies, whether it was the Central Intelligence Agency, the CIA, or the State Department, or maybe the president, or possibly one of the um, branches of the service. It could be the Navy or the Army. Uh, they, they'd have questions about um, possible foreign policy uh, options that they could take in the event of a chemical or biological warfare or in the event 
that there was an Iranian crisis, you know, after the 1979 Iranian Revolution that really sort of created a, a new beginning for the rise and growth of Islamic terrorism around the world. Ayatollah Khomeini, the leader of that revolution, said he wanted to establish Islam from one end of the earth to the other. And uh, is, Iran's been trying to do that effectively by establishing Hezbollah terror cells across the United States. So whatever the situation was, you know, with top secret clearances, we worked on a variety of issues related to the Middle East. Um, and so with um, a graduate degree in that field and then with working with top secret clearances, I did a lot of uh, white papers for the government and have continued to uh, teach and um, decided to establish my own show to talk about and educate the American people on U.S. foreign policy um, as it has as it relates to national security and Israel, our most important strategic ally in the region. Now, IQ, this seems to be uh, a dream guest for you. <laughs> Somebody who knows about the Middle East. And uh, do you have any questions uh, for Denise before we let Dan Perkins jump in there? Yes. Denise, what do you think um, Trump will talk about with the Bibi Netanyahu? What subject do you think they will talk about? Because there's no doubt in my mind, there never was a doubt in my mind, when he became, before he became president, he said he would move the American embassy to Jerusalem. I said he will not do it. What do you think? Well, I think the president of the United States um, has been faced with people that have embraced the conventional wisdom that it's going to create um, chaos on the ground to move the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. However, the people of Israel um, absolutely do not want a two-state solution. I mean, I have people from Israel as guests on my broadcast all the time, uh, leaders from Israel, and there just isn't the stomach anymore for a two-state solution. They gave away in 2005 the Gaza Strip, and unilaterally every Jew was moved out of that uh, bit of uh, land there, and they've suffered nothing. The Jewish people have suffered nothing but rocket attacks, missile attacks, and of course those nasty tunnels that were built from the Gaza Strip going into Israel in order to slit the throats of children in their beds at night. So, you know, they, they look around. When I was in Jerusalem, I, I saw Hezbollah flags. I saw Hamas flags. I saw PLO flags. I saw the ISIS flag there in Jerusalem. The people of Israel know this is a very dangerous time. The last thing they need is another Muslim Arab state. So I'm sure one of the talking points between the Prime Minister Netanyahu and Trump will be just that, that the, the people of Israel have actually, in fact, the Knesset just passed a new law uh, just a few months ago, about three months ago, called the Regulation Law, and it's basically going to allow Israel legally to begin to further develop Judea and Samaria, what the Muslim Arabs have called the West Bank, the West Bank of the Jordan River, uh, that was originally actually promised to the Jewish people during the Palestine Mandate years when the British were in control, but the British reneged on their promise. And, of course, Jordan took it over from 1948 to 1967, but in that 1967 war, Israel won it back. And Israel knows that it needs to keep 
its heartland, Judea and Samaria. So that will be one of the, I think, major talking points is the issue of those communities that have been built in Judea and Samaria by the Hebrew people because those communities have been surrounded by illegal Arab Muslim settlements. There are uh, the, the European countries and European NGOs, non-government organizations, NGOs, have funded Muslim Arabs to build illegally around Jewish communities in Judea and Samaria. So that's a big deal. I think another big deal will be, of course, getting um, some ideas from Prime Minister Netanyahu with regards to the safe zones. Israel has set up a safe zone in the border there between Israel and Syria in order to try to deal with the refugees. In fact, they've even sent in doctors and nurses to try to be of service uh, to those that are suffering. And so I know that this is really important. I think that'll be another talking point. I think the embassy issue uh, will be another talking point. David Friedman, that President Trump appointed uh, to be the, the next ambassador of the United States to Israel. He has an apartment in Jerusalem. I know he wanted to live in Jerusalem, and, um, but as a result, I think because from other, you know, conventional uh, people that say, well, you know, we can't have the United States ambassador to Israel living in an apartment in Jerusalem, uh, we can't, you know, we can't have that. I think that's going to be an issue because uh, <coughs> President Trump is a practical man. Money matters to him. And I, and I think that the American people need to actually, you know, call the president, tweet the president, email the president, and say, you know, we've got an ambassador that has an apartment in Jerusalem. Why should he have to drive back and forth from Tel Aviv to Israel's capital? I mean, the capital, the working, functioning capital, the seat of government is in western Jerusalem not in eastern Jerusalem, it's in western Jerusalem. This is where the Knesset is, which is like the American Congress. This is where their Knesset is, this is where the Prime Minister lives. These are where the uh, Knesset officials all live. This is where Israel's Supreme Court is located. You know, again, this is the seat of their government, is in west Jerusalem. And so the President needs to look hard at this because, and this is going to be, I believe, an important talking point not only from a practical uh, perspective, from an economic perspective, but let's face facts. Throwing money at the Palestinian Hello. Authority... There we are. I think Hello? No, no, not, not, not a problem. I didn't mean to cut you off, Denise. We've got Don Mazella joining us now, but go, go ahead and continue what you were saying, Denise, and then we'll let Dan jump in. So as I was saying, you know, the amount of money, there have been literally billions of dollars given to the PLO, the Palestinian Authority. The Palestinian Authority is just the, the, the political trappings of the PLO. And so all this money has gone to them. And I think that the president has to, we, we have to tell the president, no amount of money is going to prevent the PLO, the Palestinian Authority, Muslim Arabs, so-called Palestinians on the ground from terrorizing the Jewish people. James Madison, a former president of the United States, I think he was the 23rd president, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. He was, he was one of those presidents that fought the first war against the Muslims. Um, and he was the one that, you know, had signed those treaties with leaders from Tunisia and Algeria and um, Libya. And James Madison, our former president, said, you know, peace is better than war, but war is better than tribute. 
And so it's important that we not keep funding people that are going to continue to sponsor, glorify, and celebrate terrorism against uh, not only Jews but uh, in Israel, but, but Americans. I mean, look at Taylor Force, a West Point graduate that was stabbed numerous times, stabbed to death, that was visiting Israel. He had had a tour of duty in Iraq, a tour of duty, tours of duty in Afghanistan. He, he went into graduate school, went to Israel. He wanted to learn about startups. He had his wife with him. He was with a group of students from his university. Several of them were stabbed numerous times. Taylor Force died. This is another thing your, your listeners need to do. They need to call their member of Congress, 202-224-3121, and they need to say, let's get the Taylor Force Act passed. This will defund the Palestinian Authority so that they don't have the money to buy knives. They don't have the money to buy weapons. They don't have the money to build tunnels uh, underground inside Israel so that terrorists can pop up in Jewish neighborhoods and slit the throats of Jewish children at night. This is important. Now, now, These now, are the talking points. Dan Perkins, do you... Go, go, go ahead, Denise. Go ahead. We're, 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 I was just going to say, I was asked a question. What were the talking points going to be between President Trump and, and Prime Minister Netanyahu? Yes. Those are just three. Well, Dan Perkins, as, as we move along here, uh, your, your, your thoughts on, on everything that she's mentioned and, uh, and everything IQ, and just kind of, kind, of, kind of give us your thoughts here. We haven't heard from you on, uh, on the program here. Well, uh, that's strange, isn't it? Um, uh, <laughs> I, I listened to what she had to say, and um, uh, and I ag- I agree with a, a lot of what she's saying. I, I think that the 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 challenge that the people who don't know Mr. Trump, the challenge they have is understanding that not only is there a new sheriff in town, he walks to a different drummer. Uh, he's not a politician. He doesn't have decades of experience in, in political bargaining. He approaches things, in, by and large, in fairly simple principles. If you look at his, his desire to cut back on all the regulations, the, the less regulations we have from a, gun, a government, the more freedom we have of individuals, the more prosperous we will be as individuals. You know, we, we talk about the PLO being a part of the two, a two-state solution. I have, a, I have a, a real problem with the idea that the, the Palestinian, the PLO, is a state in this sense. Um, they have one objective, and that is the destruction of Israel. And um, as the, our guest articulated all the ways in which they've tried to destroy the people of Israel. Uh, that's not a that's not a state in the sense of somebody that you want to have cooperation with and work with, because they are constantly trying to kill you. So the idea that we as Americans should capitulate, and give them whatever they want, continue to fund them, give them money, food, to me is is ludicrous. Uh, and I think what tr- Mr. Trump is going to be saying to Benjamin Netanyahu, we're going to do everything within our power to stop the funding of the PLO. PLO. I'm not going to try. I'm going to try and do everything we have within our government to stop our government from funding it. But it's it's really a difficult time. 
And I think that Mr. Trump has been trying to help the American people and the people in the world to understand how he thinks and what he and how he reacts. And he is a believer that that uh, you tell the truth and um, you roll your sleeves up and you get to work. Um, and and most of the work that he's been, already done has not been. Uh, illustrated by the mainstream media because, uh, based on uh, surveys, about 92% of every article, every news story that has been written about Donald Trump since he became president is all negative. Um, and so um, the, the, the American people are somewhat confused, and I also think to some degree the rest of the world is confused when they see about people calling for the impeachment of the president who's been in office a little over a hundred days, uh, wondering what in the hell's going on in the United States. And, um, and I think Mr. Trump is taking all that criticism in hand and is, is still focused on what he is, he's trying to do for the country. We've got, Can I interject here? yes, go ahead, Denise, go ahead. I, I think it's really important that, uh, you know, we stay focused and, for the listening audience, there is, it's, it's imperative to contact the president. Uh, it's imperative to say to him as he goes in to meet with uh, Benjamin Netanyahu that there are specific reasons why there cannot be a two-state solution. Number one, the PLO, the Palestinian Authority, Abbas and his team, together with Hamas, is controlling the Gaza Strip have said since their initial creation, the PLO was established in about 1964, some say 1967, the bottom line, it came out of Egypt because Egypt was determined to destroy Israel in 1967. And I, I think the, the American people need to know their taxpayer dollars, if they were withheld and were not allowed to be used at all, to fund anything with respect to the Palestinian Authority or Hamas in the Gaza Strip, they would be severely diminished. So the message needs to be to the president. Number one, the American taxpayer no longer wants to fund terrorism because when you fund terrorism, it actually diminishes the United States' role to end Islamic terrorism. We're fighting a war against Islamic terrorism, too just like Israel, and Israel's on the front lines of that war, but we're diminishing our own effort because Palestinians kill Americans. Palestinians stand up on the streets and stand up on their houses and rooftops and hand out candy and cookies when Americans are killed in battle. The Palestinians rejoiced at, uh, during 9-11. So the American taxpayer needs to say to the President of the United States, you know, there's no stomach for another Muslim Arab state, another Muslim Arab state that will never vote for U.S. national security interests at the United Nations, another Muslim Arab state that's going to be involved in human rights abuses, female genital mutilations, stonings to death, killings, murdering Muslims that convert to Christianity or Judaism. There's not the stomach for another Muslim Arab state that's going to call for the destruction of the state of Israel. People need to make that clear, and they need to make clear that the Jewish people are fed up with trying to give land for peace. 
because every bit of space, every inch of land that the Arabs have taken over, they've used to launch terrorist attacks against people walking down the street in Jerusalem or Tel Aviv. So many people and children have either been murdered or maimed beyond recognition because Mahmoud Abbas, the leader of the Palestinian Authority, is paying people a salary to commit acts of murder, and he begins those payments even before they go to prison if they haven't died in a suicide mission. So these people remain on the Palestinian Authority payroll, and American taxpayers are paying part of that, along with the taxpayers in European countries. So people need to say to the president, I understand that, you know, your advisors are probably telling you there's going to be hell to pay uh, if you stand with Israel and say no to a two-state solution and move the embassy. But, you know, the bottom line is the status quo has not been working. Years of concessions have done nothing, have done nothing to end terrorism. There's no price tag. There's no amount of money. There's no, there's no deal that's going to satisfy Muslim Arabs, whether they call themselves Saudi Arabians or Palestinians or Jordanians or Egyptians or Lebanese or Syrians or Iraqis. There's nothing going to satisfy them until all of Israel is destroyed and they're in control because that's Islam. Islam wants Islamic supremacy and they want it over all of the Middle East. And to have some infidel nation, a Jewish nation that has defied Islam, have a toehold in the Middle East is just beyond what they can stand. Denise. That's the bottom line. Go, go ahead, Don. We haven't heard from you. Go ahead and have Don jump in, and then we'll go back to IQ, because I think he's got some questions for Denise. Go ahead, Don. Okay. Well, first off, as you know, I've covered a couple of uh, Arab-Israeli wars, and uh, I uh, have been in the uh, Middle East. Uh, I, I perhaps have a little bit of perspective. Uh, the first one is uh, Israel is quite capable of taking care of itself, as proven. Uh, lately, though, uh, as uh, witnessed by the last couple of times, it's become increasingly more difficult for the uh, Israelis to maintain their military advantage. Uh, part of the problem is um, in Israel itself, where it exempts now I think it's 20, 25% of, it, of its young, young men uh, uh, from service because they're, quote, uh, uh, st uh, studying to be religious. Um, uh, Arabs I, are exempted too, and Arabs that are living off of uh, the Jewish taxpayer are also exempted. You don't have to uh, be part of the service if you're a Bedouin or if you're an Arab. You can just live and work freely in Israel well, yeah. and enjoy the protections, including freedom of speech, religion, the right to peacefully assemble, the right to get an education, the right to prosper well, and have can economic I, can I finish success. My, can I finish my thought? Uh, uh, I, I was um, uh, merely p pointing out that it's going to become increasingly difficult for Israel uh, to maintain its um, military advantage. And um, if uh, President uh, uh, Trump, and uh, my, un my, my understanding is 
that they still have not made a decision in the White House as to whether to move uh, 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 the embassy to Jerusalem. I That's think, what they uh, put they, out there. I'm sorry? That's what they put out there. We don't know what is in the mind of Donald Trump as he makes this trip to Israel, but that is the official word. Well, would you have preferred? Would you have preferred to have Hillary go to head, head, uh, to Israel with him? But again, can I uh, get to my point, um, which uh, uh, which I was mainly going to say? Um, I, I agree with you that uh, a, uh, a two-state uh, 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 answer is not the solution, but uh, but rather an acceptance on the part of. Uh, uh, parties, which may not be possible in the present atmosphere, that uh, Israel should be allowed to exist and coexist with its neighbors. Uh, and the only way you're going to accomplish that is by um, uh, um, something that uh, has uh, perhaps not been uh, tried in the Middle East, but which uh, uh, surprisingly I, I heard out of the uh, a group of White House uh, advisors last week is why don't we simply exchange hostages and simply um, make people live in both areas and maybe over a generation or two we might be able to build a uh, coalition that understands that you're all Middle Easterners living in the same neighborhood. It's amazing what uh, happens if you're living next door from someone rather than fighting them. That was the only thought I had, and that was the idea that's been uh, talked about in the White House, not calling them hostages, but rather that the, the two parties resettle the um, uh, contingents in each other's areas so that uh, perhaps you can build bridges that way. What do you think about that? Um, I think it's naive. Um, I, in, in the Quran, it clearly states um, that, you know, you're supposed to be in control and that those that are non-Muslims are supposed to be under your control. And I think it's too hard, and I think it's been too hard um, since the, the Turks were kicked out and the Arabs were given the freedom and opportunity to establish their nation-states. I, I think it's a bridge too far for them, and I've read their statements over the years. I've had top-secret clearances. I know what they think, and I know what they've said. And, and to have a non-Muslim entity in the Middle East, despite the fact that there are, oh, there are 23, 24 Muslim Arab states, despite the fact they've been given the vast majority of the whole of the region it's not enough as long as there's just this little bit of Jewish independence and freedom uh, that from an Islamic perspective, according to the Quran, uh, that, that non-Muslim entity has to be defeated and it has to be subordinate uh, to the Muslim leadership, whether that leadership come out of Jordan, whether it comes out of Egypt. You know, this is why the this is why the, the the Muslims continue to. In fact, we see many Palestinians today turning to ISIS. Uh, we've got, um, as I said, you know, when I was in Jerusalem, ISIS flags are flying on the steps of the Temple Mount. Um, we've got Hezbollah, the Party of God, backed by Iran. We've got those flags in Jerusalem. We've got PLO flags. We've got Hamas flags. 
we've got the flags of terrorist organizations because, you know, they, they have not been taught by American administrations, and they've not been taught by, by the Israelis that, based on historical precedents, that when you inv- are involved in a war that displaces people, it's your problem to get those displaced people um, back, at, you know, in their home countries. Palestinians that went, or Muslim Arabs that refer to themselves as Palestinians, fought a war. Nearly a million Jews had to leave the Middle East, had to leave Arab countries or be killed, especially during the 30s and 40s. And so Israel had to absorb not only about a million Jews from Muslim Arab countries, they had to absorb all the Holocaust survivors from Europe. The bottom line is there needs to be a swap. Those Muslim Arabs that got displaced because they decided to launch a war against a little tiny Jewish state that that was certainly owed them. You know, the, 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 the Jews had fought with the British and fought with the Allies in World War I and in World War II, uh, whereas the Muslim Arabs were fighting with the Germans in World War I and World War II, and they were Nazi collaborators and set up concentration camps in the Middle East. There truly needs to be a swap. There needs to, the Muslim Arabs need to be allowed citizenship. They could have already, this situation could have already been settled years and years and years ago, but the Jordanians, the Lebanese, the Syrians, the Iraqis, the Saudi Arabians have refused to grant citizenship to Palestinians, and so they wanted to keep this going in order to use it as an opportunity to destroy the Jewish state. It's time it's ended. The Jews need to continue to work towards establishing all of Israel and Judea and Samaria, and the Muslim Arabs that want to stay in Israel because they actually enjoy the freedom and the democratic institutions and the lawfulness, law and order society, that want to stay in a law and order society, and they shun honor killings and female genital mutilation and everything else that the Islamic culture stands for, great. Those that want to support it, like so many do, that vote for Abbas and vote for Hamas, they need to move on. I'd love to hear what IQ has to say. Yes, IQ, jump in there, sir. This is the most amazing woman I've heard so far. <laughs> I knew I knew you'd like her. I knew you would like no, her. No, no, I'm not saying it because I want to impress anybody. It is pure logic what she said. And the way she answered Donald is perfectly correct. She studied the Quran. She actually read the Quran, most probably. She knows yes. what Islam is all about. I've been telling you for 12 years, not you yourself, but you know I've been on the internet oh, for yeah. 12 years. Yeah. I've been saying this again and again and again. If you read chapters 2 to chapters 9 of the Quran, you can only come to come one single conclusion. Islam is hate-mongering, war-mongering, misogynist, racist, duplicitous, hypocritical, intolerant, vile, and hence totally ungodly. And there is no human being on planet Earth who can debate me this subject and win. She is right. They want not only destruction of Israel, always remember something. People who hate Jews, it always starts with the Jews. It never ends with the Jews. Hitler started with the Jews. Then it was the communists. Then it was somebody else. In the end, there was nobody left, not even Germans. But 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 IQ. Yes, sir. Uh, I have been writing for, for a number of years, doing hundreds, if not thousands, of interviews. 
by tr- and and in in talking to hundreds of hosts like Jim, and I'm not singling Jim out. I'm just saying that in the American media, whether it's whether it's um, whether it's going to be radio or television, is irrelevant. I continually ask people who are hosts of talk radio, what percentage of your listeners know anything or have read any part of the Quran or Sharia law? And I've been doing this for the better part of almost three years since my first book came out. And I tell you that the, the knowledge level IQ of, of the intricacies of the Quran and Sharia law in the needle that represents the movement in the needle that represents knowledge in the United States, no matter how hard I've tried IQ, it hasn't moved. And, and so we don't understand, as a, as a nation, we don't understand when, when the document says that you are to lead the world to the end of time and only Muslims can enter into heaven and infidels must be killed, we have a very difficult time when people like you or this lady or myself or Don or anybody else who studied the Koran, who tries to help educate people about the Koran, why these people hate us, why they're trying to destroy us. You know, I feel many times, IQ, that um, as hard as I'm trying, I'm not making much headway. And I don't. I think that's not only true in the United States. I think it's true in 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 Europe and other nations around the world that they do not understand the magnitude of the threat that ISIS and these Islamic terrorists are to us as a, as a world. Well, I've been speaking to Republican groups, and um, I've been asked to speak at other groups, and I think people are waking up to it. I think, uh, based on a lot of research that's been done by Gatestone Institute and the Palestinian Media Watch and other other groups, that people are waking up to the fact that that with Muslim migrants moving into places in Europe, they're hearing now on the news um, that places like Sweden and Germany are becoming the rape capitals of the world, the Western world, right. uh, because of right. what's going on. And I think the word is getting out. And as I speak to different organizations, by the way, my name's Denise Gary Pandel, <laughs> and I want to invite people to my website, Strategic Solutions for a New Middle East, Strategic Solutions for a New Middle East. Um, I, I think that people are starting uh, to wake up, and more and more, um, I think, you know, people are starting to get a handle on this, because terrorism is increasing, not decreasing, which is why President Trump has you know, initiated the travel ban on on countries, Muslim countries that, um, you know, everybody wants to call them a racist, but those Muslim countries like Iran and Somalia and Syria and Iraq, well, not necessarily Iraq, but Sudan, these countries do not have any kind of coordination or serious communication with the United States government. In fact, most of them don't even have a consulate, a U.S. consulate, let alone a U.S. embassy. So these countries yeah, that but, that Trump put on the travel ban don't even have don't even have a U.S. government mission, a diplomatic mission in the country in which to communicate with the leaders. Of course, we have to have a ban because there has to be some sort of law and order, and we have no way to find out and work with 
those governments is in terms of what's going on there on the ground and who's doing what. Let me let me give you let me give you an example of what I'm trying to say. When the first reporter was beheaded, the world and the American media and the American people were outraged. Daniel in my Pearl, book, you're talking about. Yeah, in my in my first book, a terrorist perspective. I talk about how that in order to control and influence people, the the Islamic faith forces them to escalate the degree of their their violence. And I suggest to you that if tomorrow the New York Times were to have the opportunity to write a story out about an American who got beheaded in somewhere, it would not make the front page of the newspaper. We have become, we were shocked at the first beheading. The stuff that's going on now, we don't even pay attention to it. So when we're not paying attention to the, the genocide that's taking place around the world under ISIS, because we don't care about it anymore, that particular moment passed as the first person was beheaded, how do you well, take people who have become... Just, you what? I disagree, you disagree with, with that. You disagree with what? I have people... With what? Well, for example, I, on my radio show every week, usually things like that come up, and especially genocide against the Yazidis and Christians, and I have people on the ground of, that are in those areas talking about what's going on. People are very much interested. People are praying. Uh, people are, are writing about it. And I, I, dis, I disagree with you, and I think that it's really good that we're having this show and this discussion because we care about it, and because we care about it, there are other people that care about it. And I invite people to listen to the Denise Gary Pandel Show. Um, I put it up on my website each week. It's archived there. And, and there are all kinds of things that are going on that have to do with the Islamic State and al-Qaeda and Hezbollah and other groups here in the United States and abroad. And people, people are tuning in, and they're finding out. And I think this is why Trump was elected, frankly, uh, because people are tuning in. And I think that they can see not only was Hillary Rodham Clinton somebody that couldn't care less about the national security of the United States in light of the fact that she allowed Americans to be killed in Benghazi after they begged her for some backup, and in light of the fact that she let classified information go free on her server getting people killed, I mean, the fact that she obviously is not someone who's deeply, deeply concerned about this, but Trump was, and he talked like he was. And I think people had more faith in the fact that here was a man that was going to stand up for the national security of the United States, saw Islam for what it was, and, you know, was willing to, to call it out. I mean, he, who, who else had the guts to call out... Um, Mr. Khan that spoke at the Democratic National Convention. You know, President Trump said, you know, who is this guy? You know, this is a guy, this is an attorney that a law firm in the United States that was bringing in Muslims that may or may not support terrorism, but bringing them in based on um, laws, based on visas, where, in which Muslims can come into this country without an investigation, 
without so much as a visa if they are if they're in the process of spending a lot of money to establish businesses to provide employment I mean this is this is the person that Hillary Clinton put on her stage is somebody that was working overtime and was supporting uh, Islamists in the Middle East but nobody ha- nobody bothered to pay attention to that but Trump called it out for what it was I think this is why people said let's elect him he's going to stir the pot he's going to maybe you know expose some things that need to be exposed he's going to drain the swamp i don't disagree that he's going to he he promised he was going to expose things i just believe that uh and we've talked about this on the program before i i think that one of the things that is that happened over the last eight years with been Mr. Obama, is that we lost our way as a nation. We lost our Judeo-Christian values. We didn't just lose them in the last eight years. We've been losing them more and more and more, but they accelerated dramatically. So when I say to people, when I say to you, we were outraged at the first one, we're not outraged today. And because we're not outraged today, I think part of that is that we've lost our Christian value for life. We don't, we don't hold life as sacred anymore. And so that <clears throat> we have a minority of people that perhaps think like you and Don and IQ and Jim and I, but the majority doesn't think the way we think about the issues that you're trying to address. Don? Don? Oh, I'm, I'm just sitting in here listening. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I'm not as vociferous as you fellows are. <laughs> and and our guest is today. Um, I'm, uh, uh, I, I believe uh, uh, eventually we're going to resolve some of these issues. Might not like some of the resolution, but we will, will resolve them. Um, and I happen to think we'll resolve them much more positively than uh, it's being painted. Uh, uh, IQ has, has convinced me over the months uh, about the, the threat of Islam, but but somehow or other, I've always believed the country survives, and I think it will again. Uh, I just can't be as uh, uh, angry as I hear uh, the three of you are. <laughs> Don, we are I'm, not, I'm not angry. angry. Yeah, I'm yeah, not exactly. angry. You sound very angry, ma'am. No, no. Frankly, yes. She's passionate, like me, for God's sake. <laughs> not I love that. I, I'll be angry only when I'm stupid. Why should I be angry? And Dan is yeah. wrong. The reason the Judeo-Christian tradition has been destroyed has been the media. I always said ISIS is not as dangerous to America and West, Western civilization as our media. Our media are the enemy. Oh, I couldn't agree more with that one, IQ. That's, That's the bottom line. Dan, when the first man was beheaded, Pearl, true there was outrage. The New York Times, Washington Post, CNN, and all the others, fake news, and they are fake news, they will never, ever waken up the American people to the threat of Islam. They will never do that. They are part I, and parcel of the collusion. Back to you. Well, every, everywhere I go and on my show, I think that people are, are listening and waking up. I, I, you know, I just pointed out, in fact... Um, a couple weeks ago, look at Turkey. Look at Turkey today, a NATO ally. 
and Turkey has come out and said that U.S. forces fighting alongside Kurdish forces, the Peshmerga, may be targeted for attack and killed because they're working with Kurdish forces. This is a, this is a NATO ally. Turkey has sponsored a, the Muslim Brotherhood political party here in the United States. They did so during the 2016 um, election year, and they're, they're headquartered in, in, in Maryland, in the state of Maryland, working on the Muslim Brotherhood. You know, I talk to people about that, again, not only in speaking engagements. By the way, if you'd like me to speak to your organization, um, I'm happy to do so. There's a contact link on my website, strategic solutions for a new Middle East.com. Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot going on that the President Trump is dealing with, and I think it's important that we have these conversations and that we get the word out. I don't know that too many Americans realize the Muslim Brotherhood had actually established a political party that was being funded by Turkey and NATO ally, and that, that this ally has turned a blind eye to ISIS soldiers that have gone back and forth across the border between Syria and Turkey and that uh, Turkey has obstructed safe zones uh, for refugees, and that, that Turkey, you know, in effect has flown the white flag uh, <coughs> with, with respect to some of these terrorist groups. Look at Germany today. Germany is still not paying their fair share of the NATO cost. They're only paying 1.9%. And, um, and Germany has come out and said that they're not going to spend more on NATO because, you know, Angela Merkel knows that those Muslim migrants are going to have a fit if Germany gets more involved in counterterrorism measures with NATO. And that's the direction that NATO is taking, thanks to President Trump. Thanks to President Trump, who has said to NATO, we, you, you got to you know, move into the 21st century. you got to start dealing with counterterrorism issues. Um, let's spend some resources and money on that. And Angela Merkel is saying no. I mean, there... What's happening is important. We just need to keep talking about it, and I, I certainly don't want to discourage anybody. But IQ, can I ask you a quick question? Of course, anytime. Okay. On a scale of 1 to 10, meaning 10 everybody knows about it, and 1 nobody knows about it, on a scale of 1 to 10, what percentage do you think of American people can even tell you what a Kurd is? One. So if 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 ninety nine percent of our, our country doesn't know what a Kurd is, other than corn, people that listen Kurds to my way, certainly do. I under, I understand the people who listen to your show. I'm trying to make a point that the people who listen to your show listen to your show because they align themselves with you and your thought processes. I'm saying that there's another issue here. And the issue is that we have an uneducated mass of people in this country who don't understand the Koran, who don't understand Sharia law, who don't know where the Kurds are, couldn't find, couldn't find Israel on a map, uh, don't know what's going on in England or Germany or France or Italy. They are totally uninvolved and don't really care that they're not involved. And I'm saying that we, we're talking to ourselves, which is important, but have we greatly expanded 
the mental understanding of, of America. And IQ, I think, is right. The answer is no. To quote T.T. Barnum, no one ever went broke underestimating the intelligence of the American public. Uh, with all due respect, the American public... I don't like to insult my audiences. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm not going to insult the people listening to the broadcast, and, and I don't want to insult the American people, and I'm far more hopeful than that, and I think that people get interested because of these kinds of conversations, and I think they're important to continue to have, and, you know, let's, let's not start insulting the American people. Um, they're, I'm, they're not, I'm, not insulting, I'm not insulting the American people. I'm a realist. And I, I, I've done presentations all over this nation, hundreds of them. And when I get to the question and answer session, it is amazing to me how much, how little people know from great cross-sections across this country about what's really going on in the world. And, uh, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm doing whatever I can to try and educate people. But as it relates to the United States, as it relates to the United States, uh, and I lay part of the blame to our education system uh, and, and the inability to educate young people, uh, and it's, it's even worse in the colleges today, uh, but, but we have a huge hurdle. If, if the people are not engaged with the government from the standpoint of what the government's doing and what the government's trying to accomplish, if they're not engaged with President Trump, if they don't believe with what Mr. Trump is trying to do, or have no clue of what he's going to do or trying to do, they're not engaged. And if, they're, if, if a, a big percentage of the population is not engaged, you know, I, I believe that there's a huge percentage of the American people who really don't want us to get engaged anymore in, in the Middle East and would like to see us to get out of, totally out of uh, uh, Iraq and out of Afghanistan and just walk away from that, bring our troops home from Syria, just let them kill themselves and go on their merry way. And, and I think that there are the vast majority of Americans who don't understand what the threats are feel that way. And when they feel that way, it is, in fact, out of ignorance. But are they willing to spend the time and the energy to try and understand the issues? And I say the issues are so complex and so intertwined, it is hard for the vast majority of people to focus and come up with a conclusion of what's the right thing to do. And well, the media has educating them and giving them information and, and facts and analysis so that they can and they can call their member of Congress and the White House and, and continually hold people accountable and work towards a better tomorrow. Yeah, but what IQ was saying a few moments ago and what Don is talking, we just try to break in and say, is that Part of the reason why there is a disconnect from the American people to what's going on in the world, if, correct me if I'm wrong, IQ, I believe you were saying it's primarily the responsibility of the mainstream media in the United States. Absolutely. They have great, pow have great power and influence, and in practical reality, as no matter how good your show is or ours are, they have more listeners and more viewers than we do. Correct. And... The, and Sorry, and so there it, is it, a solution, but then there is a solution. There is a simple okay. solution. You need uh, uh, an alternative program, a TV program, all of it completely conservative. 
and you something on the like fox but not fox like somebody already joining with Hannity joining with Levin and creating a TV station who will tell the truth the whole truth and nothing but the truth believe me you will be able to educate Americans in one year I jump in here uh, the, the number one rated pro uh, television program for many years for four years running was NCIS which was a very con uh, in the TV um, uh, spectrum very conservative very much pro uh, military very much pro uh, uh, intervention etc uh, in the last two years, it has become much more, uh, for want of a better word, a liberal in its thinking and um, more um, uh, preaching in, in its stories. And, and as a result, it has lost uh, readership. It's lost almost 10% of its uh, readership and, most more interesting, 20% of its uh, uh, um, uh, media buzz, etc. Um, uh, it, it's been an interesting wake-up call uh, to, to some people in the media. But what happened to... The, why did that happen? Because the showrunners, the people that run the show, were replaced two years ago because, it, in fact, it was too conservative. You're, you're asking to go on a program that is 100% conservative. Anyway, you can't find a, a television network that will permit it. And B, if you did, it would be uh, quickly changed. You write what you want, but it would be very difficult to uh, uh, accomplish. Well, let's just keep pushing forward and educating people as best we can. And maybe at, at some point there will be such an overwhelming response from the listening audience of Fox News and some of the mainstream media listeners that we can begin to move things forward and get uh, the news media to report things out that that demonstrate that they're on the right side of history. Listen, guys, it's been great. Um, I've got to run. I've got a class. Uh, I've got to teach. Not but not a I problem. Before say, before we let you I, go, I want to say that I, I I appreciate so much you inviting me on, and it's been wonderful talking to all of you. And God bless you all. And. And God bless the President of the United States. Thank you so much, gentlemen. Well, before we let you go, mention yeah. your website and everything so people can get a hold of you. Thank you, sir. Uh, my website, you can go to, I'm going to shorten the name, anewmiddleeast.com. A new Middle East.com. I also hope that you'll follow me on Twitter. You can go to my Twitter account at for the numeric for for. New Mideast. Again, my website, a newmiddleeast.com. There's contact information there. I'd love to hear from you. There's also information on where my show airs on other networks and uh, here in California. Uh, again, thank you so much. And um, I just want to wish all of you the best and look forward to have. Hopefully, you'll have me back on. Definitely. I appreciate it. Thank you for being with us. That, of course, uh, is Denise. Denise on the Middle East. And uh, uh, as we wrap up here with Dan and Don and IQ, I want to start with IQ. What, 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 what was your thoughts about the conversation today? And, and, and give us your thoughts on Denise. She should have been the advisor to Trump instead of McMaster. Okay. 
No, I mean it. <laughs> I mean awesome. it seriously. Because McMaster is clueless. He has already thought of Islam as being possibly moderate. He lost the game. He lost the game already. Back to you. Uh, Dan, your thoughts on, on Denise? Um, she's uh, very articulate. Um, I think um, she, uh, she has a lot of good things to say, but I think in some respects, she's somewhat Pollyannish. Don, your, your, your thoughts, my friend. Boy, I thought she was too downbeat. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sorry, that, that, was, that was my initial reaction. Uh, uh, the, my words for her are formidable. I'd, I'd hate to get into a debate with her. I'd lose every time. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, uh, as, as we wrap up here with everybody, I want to start with uh, with Dan. Uh, give, give us give us your thoughts on 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 the uh, on the show today, and uh, give us an update to the nonprofit and everything else. Uh, I, I thought it was a, 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 an interesting guest. She had a lot of great things to say. She could take a breath every once in a while, um, but. Uh, uh, I found it uh, intellectually stimulating uh, to me because I was listening to what she had to say, and I, I think a lot of things philosophically sh- what she's saying are 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 great. I just don't know how practical. I mean, I think the telling thing was IQ's answer to my question: what 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 percentage of the people understand what's going on? And his answer was one percent. I think that IQ is spot on. And I don't know that <clears throat> that uh... tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC.